Welcome to the There Is More podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Karen. And we are helping women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. And today we're being joined by Cheryl Callahan, who's a licensed therapist and um, also just a mutual good, good friend of ours. And she's going to be talking about really just the power of a renewed mind and how to be transformed in our thinking, which I think a lot of us, if you're anything like me, I don't always think about what I'm thinking about. Yes. And yet in order (laughs) to be transformed, we need to do that. So we think you're going to enjoy this conversation. It's a lot of really practical tips. So thanks for joining us on the There's More podcast. Well, hello, Cheryl Callahan. We are just so excited that you're joining hey, us ladies. today. <laughs> Cheryl is um, one of my very, very closest friends. She is a counselor in um, in the Alpharetta Milton area. And um, once you hear her, you're going to be like, I've got to book an appointment with her. So we're going <laughs> to include that on the show notes for y'all. But Cheryl, just thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. This is a treat. It's yeah. always nice to be wanted to be listened to, right? Yeah. We were just um, celebrating my my birthday lunch together, and she was telling me just about this workshop that she's getting ready to do actually tomorrow. And what I love about Cheryl is she, even though she, as, as a counselor, I think it's probably pretty easy to kind of sit back on your laurels and, you know, do what you've always okay. done. Um, but Cheryl is an avid learner um, but she's also a, just a passionate follower of Jesus and and is always like going to him and saying, I love it. She calls him the dream team, Papa, <laughs> Father, and Holy Spirit, or Father God, pa- Jesus, and Holy Spirit. She calls him the dream team. And she just always is going to them, asking questions, teaching her clients even how to ask questions to, um, to hear from them because that's mm-hmm. really so transformational. So Cheryl, I'd love to hear what God is was is doing in you and the workshop that you're going to be doing, just sharing kind of some of the highlights over um, the revelation that God's given you around the transformed mind and what that can do for our lives. Oh, absolutely. You know, you and I were talking at lunch, and so I said, really, the foundation of the workshop and really a foundation for us is Romans 12, one and two. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is that there's kind of this three part declaration. One, it says that Paul, our psychologist, right? <laughs> is all his, all that he is. He tells us in view of God's love, present yourself to God. Mm-hmm. And then he said, and you are holy and blameless. And then he tells us this is the way we worship as we present ourselves to him. And so, you know, daily, if we can just acknowledge who he is and who he is to us and that we're holy and blameless in his sight. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, do not follow the pattern of the world. That's crazy. Mm Yeah. Yeah but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so that is part of the whole, that's our mandate. And so it's important that we declare we're his, that we show up, Lord, hello, we're here. We're holy and pleasing. And now today I'm on the lookout for the lies, but more than that, I'm more on the lookout for the truth because you think about people that look at um, correct cash and they're looking for counterfeit. What do they do? 
Mm. They're always staring at the real thing. And so we want to be so acquainted with truth Mm -hmm. and how God sees us, particularly with our identity, that then we become alert and aware, like, "Uh uh-uh, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the way she links. You know, I I think we have a tendency, present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. I think we hear that as a, kind of like as a do statement. Oh, I was you know? just fixing to ask uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, because I think mm-hmm. most people, like when they say, when you say present yourself holy, they're like, oh, uh, how do I do that? I, I'm not holy. I can't get there. But how did you learn that, Cheryl? I mean, there was a process for you to get to the place. I mean, you've come out of religion just like we have. I mean, right. what did letting go of I'm going to earn holy, I'm going to do something to be holy. How did you let go of that? Because I mean, you wake up every morning, you know, you're holy already. You're not working for it. Mm-hmm. Right. You want, you, well, you know, you want to live like that, but, but there was, there was a process. Well, and that's the revelation, right? That only the Holy Spirit can give. And that's the, really the beauty in the whole counseling process is letting that kind of revelation drop in the context of their, um, symptoms that they're coming to you with. Mm-hmm. And so I don't come forth with, just as someone said that to me, I might, it might not have resonated, Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was kind of through the journey and the process of my life. And also through experiencing being pleasing to other people. You know, I think that we model to each other that God love and especially we model that. I model that or try to in the counseling process. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's, so Cheryl, but like for you, I would love to know, because I think she brings up a great point. Like, it's like you knew that, but but how did it become experientially real to you that you already were that? And, and how did that change your life? I'd love to know that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we all went through that same teaching together. Uh, the three of us were in this whole uh, wired class. And so I think it was just that teaching that really began to resonate. But Mm -hmm. I had heard about my identity in Christ for decades Mm -hmm. and it didn't click. Yeah, And so I would have to say that the information that was given through that teaching began to click. And Mm. that was when the Holy Spirit just kind of took the veil off. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the way it is with all truths. I Mm -hmm. mean, we can hear it. Sometimes we can have a book and someone will share it with us. And we're, we're thinking, oh, this doesn't, and you just throw it on the shelf. And then later you pick it up and you go, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. (laughs) Right. This is the best thing I ever read. And so to say, you know, I don't know why it clicked then, mm-hmm. yeah. but no, it did change everything. It changed the way I read scripture. Mm-hmm. It changed the way I view sin. Mm-hmm. It changed, you know, it began to give me this complete awareness or when I say complete, we're never totally completely aware till heaven, right. but um, the awareness of condemnation that no. Yeah, I will not receive that. And really not even much more of an empowering not to believe it, to not even be tempted to believe it. Mm. But we know how that comes in in real insidious, small ways. Yeah. Um, And it comes with our own particular 
wounding and lies that we receive early on. Right. And so you can maybe even be with a friend or you can be at a party or you can be anything and something can creep in again, based on an earlier life experience that would say, oh, I'm, you feel hurt, rejected, abandoned, left out, um, not chosen. Mm-hmm. I love, I saw this, I can't remember who said it, but one of the most painful things we experience is not being chosen. Mm-hmm. And so I love his statement. He said, but we can choose each other Mm. In small moments, where we give each other focus attention, which is, I love that. Yeah. So when we don't get that choosing, for instance, we don't, maybe you're at a party and someone's, you're talking to them and they look away. You can, in that moment, feel a sense of, uh, maybe I'm not important. Maybe right. I'm not. What chosen. did I do? Yeah. Now, some people never get that. Some people or they're not aware of ever giving, getting that and they feel invisible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is it's an ongoing adjustment to acknowledge, well, maybe I wasn't chosen in this moment, or maybe someone didn't give me that attention. Maybe someone didn't ask me questions or whatever. And then you think, but that is that about me? Or maybe sometimes it's acknowledging maybe that's not not about me, but about them. Maybe they don't know mm-hmm. how, for instance. So, so Cheryl, as you began to then just assimilate really into your belief system, okay, I am holy and spotless before him. I'm his beloved daughter. How did that begin to begin to kind of shape you in terms of how you were communicating to people? The the our our holy act is presenting ourselves as this living sacrifice that's already perfect in his sight. How does that partner with and don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, be transformed by your thinking? How do you begin to, you know, kind of coach people in how to transform our thinking? Because I feel like a lot of us can quote that scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, we know this is what we should do, but I feel like we're just kind of left like, well, mm-hmm. what are the how to's? Like, mm-hmm. what are the keys right. to really doing that? Is there some keys that God has given you to begin to kind of work that out in in your life? Well, you know, I think about uh, when I thought about that verse and about how that plays out in the counseling room, that when someone uh, was kind of sorting through that process, when someone comes in, they have a presenting problem. They have a symptom. Yeah. And the majority of people that come in for counseling have anxiety whether it be panic attacks or whether it have low-grade anxiety. And 30% of the population experiences anxiety sometime in their lifetime. I was surprised. I thought it was probably a lot higher, to be honest with you. So the first thing I think for someone to begin, again, I could state that to them right up front, that verse. And that would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you how I feel. So it would be that sense of, so I think that the way we walk others through that Mm -hmm. is that again, by being very sensitive to what they're feeling and validate that. And again, that begins to let them experience being pleasing. Mm. I might be the first person in their life or in their, in their recognition of 
tuning in, listening mm-hmm. with compassion and and empathy and validation. And a lot of times they'll just, that in and of itself is healing, but that's what God does. Oh, yeah. But the best thing is to model that and that, you know, the Jesus in me to model that and give that to someone else and then just let them share their pain of their emotion. Then that next step might be um, if they're fearful, if they're anxious, yeah, tell me uh, where you feel that in your body. Mm-hmm. Explain I'll that to like, me. I don't know. Tell me where I feel yeah. it. So why is that? <laughs> why is that important? I mean, you hear that a lot these days. You know, where yeah. you identify that. Tell me why that's important, Cheryl. I, I think it just is a, another indicator for people. When people feel anxious, they hate it and they want to get rid of it. Okay. You know, and when you talk about parts therapy, you don't want to reject any part of yourself. Mm -hmm. So when we reject, when we're so becomes, we become anxious about anxiety Mm -hmm. and then we can actually have a reaction to, oh my God, I hope I'm not going to be anxious. Mm -hmm. So if you begin to say, okay, let's, let's talk about, yeah, how does your body feel? Most people can identify that, Mm -hmm. you know, well, my stomach feels funny or there's tightness in my chest. I haven't had anyone that was unable to identify something right. or my hand, you know, very classic symptoms. My hands are sweaty. My heart is beating. Right. And uh-huh. so then I might say, wow, your body is operating properly mm. the way God designed it because your body is responding to danger, mm. to fear. What do you think it is that you're fearing? That's what good. do you, so then they begin to start sometimes they don't know. Sometimes they do know. But if I go a little deeper, like, okay, you're, what do you think you're thinking? Mm-hmm. What do you think you're thinking about? So they might begin to think, I'm not really sure. I'm just really, really anxious. So then you might even go deeper. Like, what was the, what's the first thought you have in the morning? That's a huge indicator. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then most of the time people can access, if you give, if you're patient, mm-hmm. they can access a thought. Mm -hmm. And then that begins to give clarity to why I feel afraid. Mm -hmm. So my body is my friend. Mm -hmm. My body is responding properly. Thank God Mm -hmm. that it's supposed to respond to danger. Now let's just see if your, your, your fear is perceived. Is it real? Or is it imagined? Mm -hmm. And that's when you get into the clarification of the clarifying, like, okay, is this thought true? And yeah. again, that doesn't happen right away, but like, wow, when do you think you had this first thought? Yeah. Yeah. And then that will begin to lead them to another experience. Like, oh, I remember when I was in the play at school, or I remember when yeah. uh, some friends would let me play with them, or oh, people really clear about yeah. the first time they had this. Yeah. Cheryl, how do you, I mean, <clears throat> as someone who, has administered inner healing, <clears throat> sorry, and does deliverance. How do you um, discern, even in the counseling room, they're being like demonized? You know what I mean? Or right. they just need to like talk through something. Like, what is that like benchmark for you? I'm just curious because I mean, I just kind of want to go. Let me just deliver you from the spirit of fear. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think right. for people like me, I just, I don't want to yeah. sit in the stuff. I just want to like go for the gusto. Right. I'm going to deliver you yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and we're moving on into a life of purpose here. You know, I mean, and I know, <laughs> I know that's my personality. You know what I mean? Because I mean, even yesterday, Campbell and I were talking and she was like, you're not listening. You're trying to fix this. And I was like, shoot, gosh, like you'd think after 15 years of parenting that I would get to the place where I could just sit here and listen to her. And I said, well, do you want comfort or do you want coaching? She was like, I don't want either one of those things. I just want you to hear me. And I'm like, oh, good for her. The 15 year old is like schooling me. Yeah, you know, it was love it. I, I appreciate it because I could. <clears throat> that wasn't my reality with my own mom. Oh, my gosh. My yes, voice. Okay. I'm like, I'm so sorry, everyone listening. <laughs> but but the reality is, Cheryl, sometimes mm-hmm. it is a demon. You know what I mean? Just attacking right. this person repeatedly. So. What is your discernment? What does that look like from a supernatural perspective? Because we're all supernatural beings. And as you're listening, how do you not just like, mm-hmm. where is that line for you? I know you're in counseling. So you're like, well, I don't do a lot of that. They're, they're paying you me know, to listen. I, no, no, no. I think, you know, I'm very um, strategic in my counseling. And so I'm definitely not Karkoffian or as far as like, what does that just mean? Listen that mean? And that's <laughs> a big word. I'm like, that, sarcophagus? What is what a I, sarcophagian? <laughs> I guess I'm just saying is when we're one of your first teachings in in counseling in graduate school is if you listen and reflect back, then someone will come up with their own awareness mm-hmm. and with their own discovery. Well, and I definitely believe you want to create space for people you know that in parenting yeah if a child if you lead a child this might be an idea you have but if they think it's their idea and you're going to go that is so insightful that's so amazing and you know you just led them to that yeah yes right yeah that's more powerful so what I'm saying is though I definitely believe in being strategic so to your point about the deliverance I would say it depends on the person Mm -hmm. and I would say cover all bases. Mm-hmm. Now that would definitely not be something I would do right away. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But I would say if they're open to prayer, which I would say 99% of my uh, clients are say, yeah, let's cover this with, with deliverance. Let's just make sure we go against any spirit of fear and mm, see what the good. Holy Spirit might show us. So yeah, cover it all. Yeah. Right, right. Cover it all. Um, and I would say, I mean, I think it's all there, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I oh, mean, yeah. the enemy, I mean, it's very the enemy comes in with all of it. Mm. And so there's always that sense of of getting rid of him, mm. right? And I guess my experience, and you all can speak to this too, is that that's an on, I mean, it's an ongoing deliverance. So we just appreciate y'all joining us. And we've been referring a lot. Sometimes in our podcast, you hear about this thing called Father's House. Mm -hmm. And we just know that sometimes when you hear these incredible stories from these incredible guests, you wonder, how did these people learn this? How did they have these kind of encounters? And so we want to tell you about a resource that Rachel and I have written that is going to give you that that more, the yeah, more lifestyle. Absolutely. So you can go to fathershousestudy.com and we have an eight-week Bible study encounter. It's just going to walk you to the journey that you've heard a lot about in these podcasts. And we want to offer you a 20% discount and we hope that you will check it out. We think it'll change your life forever and it'll take you on a journey that leads home. 
for sure. So Cheryl, so go, to go back for a second, so you said we want to reflect back. You know, we want to ask where in our bodies we're feeling this. So right, we're right. bringing an awareness mm-hmm. to our own selves. I hear you saying we want to be attentive and give ourselves comfort, accept that, you know, okay, yes. Karen, gosh, you're feeling you're feeling super anxious. And, and it almost like I, I think there's a, such a huge piece for me because I, I get that whole wanting to reject it, wanting to get rid of it. But I think being tender towards ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, being loving towards the parts of us that are hurting or scared or terrified or whatever that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then what would be, because we kind of interrupted your your stream of consciousness, what would be the next? So I, I've, I've identified it and now we're asking where that might have started. Um, what, what What's the point of saying where, where did this maybe come in? Where did this begin? Well, I guess just to just to kind of tag on to what you just said, too, I would also even recommend thank your body. Mm, That's good. And a sense of being grateful. And that's a small shift. But it's like, wow, thank you, body. You're you are doing what you were created to do. You're helping me. You're helping me. Because a lot of times there's, again, this rejection and this hatred toward the symptoms. Like the body's failing you. My mm-hmm. body is failing, but it's not failing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Love it's that. the sense of, okay, thank you. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go deeper. I think the more for all of us, whether it be a client, whether it be ourselves, our friends, the more we can be curious about any of our seven emotions. It's good. That's all part of being fully human and fear is a God-given response. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, especially in Christendom, we think fear, 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 get rid of fear, but, but fear is proper if we have danger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It becomes improper when it's perceived danger. So, so then for the, from there, it would be just, as I just mentioned, it would be, yeah. So let's, are you, do you have an awareness of what you're afraid of? Mm-hmm. And most people are, it could be some very classic anxiety things is fear of rejection. I'm afraid to go into this meeting. I'm afraid to meet new people. Okay. Yeah. Wh- what is it? What's happening? Why, why are you afraid? I'm afraid I'm going to make a fool of myself. I'm afraid mm-hmm. I'm going to say something stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, and then Remember, we have 48 thoughts a minute. So when that person says, I'm afraid I'm going to be made fun of, I'm going to be laughed up, I'm going to afraid someone's going to think I'm stupid. So that's that's zoom, 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 zoom and in 48 thoughts in one minute. So you can see where you can get to anxiety quickly. So then I might say, "Um, all right, so where do you think you begin to first feel that? Do you have a recollection earlier in life where that became a fear for you mm-hmm. um because some people's like come on can't wait to meet somebody new i mean again that's back to what we talked a little bit the other day karen was the whole attachment mm-hmm. that early on at 18 months we already have an opinion about ourselves how others are going to others how they're going to view us and yeah. treat us and what the world is going to be like so my guess is that those glasses this person had, the view of self, others, the world, he was already wearing that. Mm-hmm. And if we already have a perspective, a perception, mm-hmm. then we're going to see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. We'll find what we're looking for. 
find what we're looking for. Okay. So then we would say, yeah, so tell me about that incident. And then you validate those feelings. Oh, that was so traumatic. That was so upsetting. That was so hurtful. Yeah. And then you would go deeper. So when they treated you that way, what do you think you began to believe about yourself? Mm -hmm. And then it would be because someone might mistreat you. Mm -hmm. Does that really invalidate you? Mm -hmm. If someone is mean or rude or doesn't listen or whatever, whatever happened to this person. Wow. And then again, beginning to try to have a new shift there. Wow. If you had witnessed if you had been a bystander mm-hmm. witnessing what was happening to you, what would you think? Mm-hmm. What would you think of the people ridiculing you or laughing at you or mistreating you? What would you think of you? And of course, when you have that shift, it's like, oh, the people that were doing the mistreating were the ones that would be in the wrong or the ones that would be would be more indicating that they have some issues, not the person that was victimized. Right. Yeah. So again, it's making that shift, the sense of, wow, is this really about you or is that really about them? Again, these are just little tiny little drops that you, you drop into someone's consciousness, a shift. Yeah. I remember one person was, had a real um, terrifying experience about doing a poem. Mm as a young child. And I think it went pretty well, but the reaction he had at the end of it was, Oh my God, that did terrible. I did terrible. I did terrible. And yet I began to bring up the thought, wow, what a compliment that your teacher would choose you of all the people in the class. And he said, Oh my God, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. So constantly looking at a new frame instead of thinking, gosh, she thought I was amazing and special and smart and articulate to the, the glasses he was wearing going into that is I'm going to screw up. People are going to laugh at me. Mm-hmm. People are going to think I'm stupid. That sort mm-hmm. of thing. Cheryl, for just a moment before we end, um, this is so fascinating because this is like, so my Achilles heel is going. I mean, it, it requires you to slow down. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, I think that's what, I mean, basically that's what you're saying. Listening requires a slowness, that's you right. know, mm-hmm. a, a taking time, mm-hmm. a perceiving you know, I mean, I think so many times you were like, is it real or is it perceived or is it forecasted? I think so mm-hmm. many times people forecast their future of doom Absolutely. and worry. And so, but my question is, and this has been something for me for a while, but how do you help people identify subconscious thoughts? Because we know the subconscious mind and just talk to the mind just a little bit because you have the, you know, the conscious mind and then the subconscious mind. And this is a new feel for me that I'm like, well, this I is what even, I was thinking when she was saying about the first 18 months. Yes. We don't remember any of that, but that's formed your basis. Yeah. So I'm me too. I'm kind of yeah. like, how do you get that fixed? Yeah. There's some, <laughs> yeah, there's some little, yeah, 20, you know, five year old Instagrammer who's all about the subconscious. I'm like, how do you know all that? I mean, I've, I'm, I'm honestly, mm-hmm. you know, she's big on it because she's like, that's what's running your life. That's right. And I'm like, but how? I mean, I'm like, how do I even get to the bottom of that? So for those of us like me who are like, what is happening and how do I get to the bottom of it? What would you say? Well, 95% of our thoughts and emotions are subconscious. So you are, but see, everything we've talked about is bringing stuff to the awareness. Sometimes we want to make it so, oh, so scary. 
But the reality is just pausing and identifying the emotion and again, what's going on in your body and then begin, what are you thinking? Mindfulness is, is thinking about what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes, and you know, all the information about neuroscience and how that uh, impacts us is we want to tap into the right side of the brain, of course, and do visualization, which, of course, all three of us are, are um, very much believers in that. So when you go into visualization, you're just accessing that part of the brain and you're creating a reality mm-hmm. that you can feel. Right. Which is huge. So, really important. Right, Cheryl? Very important so that you can feel and access. Some people can say, I know God loves me. I don't feel that God mm-hmm. loves me. So what you might do, again, you start with all the memories that people do have and do your work on that. And then later you might say, well, let's go and see if there's anything else that needs to be uncovered. That's that's beyond your field of current awareness. Mm -hmm. And then going into things like proper breathing. The way I almost always do it is breathing. We both immediately take a breath. Uh, do relaxation that's healing in and of itself Mm -hmm. and then going to a positive memory a positive experience a very safe great place Um, and then moving into sometimes if people are comfortable with visualization then moving into yeah and as a if a person is a believer holy spirit what when did this anxiety first emerge? Are there some other hidden places, even younger or whenever, that this person is not aware of? Would you begin to show that? Mm-hmm. And so um, they might be memories that emerge that yeah. someone's never thought of. And um, and then that begins to bring more awareness. Mm. But I, you know what I have found, though, to your point a minute ago, um, Rachel and the slowing down is that we can get a lot of revelation in very dramatic ways through dramatic visualizations, Mm -hmm. through scripture, through a friend, through a counseling session, but it's the remembering. It's the remembering Mm -hmm. and the reminding yourself daily of what you've already been given. Mm. Yeah. You're good at that. You're so good at that. And that is the slowing down. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to stay in whatever I'm thinking and feeling and just go on fast forward. Mm -hmm. But if I pause, even in small ways, like in the morning, yeah, what is my first thought this morning? How Mm -hmm. do I feel this morning? You pull out your, I mean, not that I do this every morning, but I'm saying you pull out your emotion wheel and you think, okay, yeah, what am I feeling and why? Yeah. You'd be surprised. You're first thought every day is going to be a theme. And if you become aware of that, it's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm and so, so not aware of my first thought in the morning. I'm like, what are you talking about? My first thought is I'm going downstairs to get coffee. I mean, no, it really is like I got up. I just don't think deeply. So this is like so fascinating to me. I'm like, I just don't think about what I'm thinking about unless yeah. I'm talking to someone right you know what I mean like I think I process verbally and so 
Yeah. I don't think until my mouth starts moving. Uh-huh. It's like weird. Right. Karen's like, that's <laughs> well, that, and that's, that's true. That's that true. Is, no, I'm thinking fun. I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. I, I pretty much know every thought and emotion that's going through my physical body. Right, right, right. But it's crazy, so I, though, how we're wired so differently. Totally right. And yet I'm such a verbal processor, which is why counseling is so good for yes. me. Yeah. Right. Because right, my right. brain really doesn't engage until I'm voicing things. Right. It's so interesting. Well, I think, you know, as we kind of wrap it up, Cheryl, I'm just I'm just awestruck by how the Lord has created us neurologically mm-hmm. to rewire our brains yes. to goodness, mm-hmm. to love, to the compassion of God that never fails, mm-hmm. to his mercy mm-hmm. that is new for me every morning that I get to rejoice and be thankful, you know, to the power of our minds to remember what God has said, to remember what God has done, to remember who he says he is and who he says you are. And so we just want to encourage all as you're listening um, to, to, you know, don't let today pass you by, Mm -hmm. you know, make today a day that you pause Mm -hmm. and you remember who God has been mm-hmm. for you. Because if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you believe there is more. You're, you're, you're a believer as you're listening. Mm-hmm. But, you mm-hmm. know, there is a, there's a greater transformation. He wants to rewire our brains to goodness. What would be kind of, Cheryl, just a, a final closing thought? Any, you know, if you're thinking about somebody on the other side of this um, that is struggling with their thought life and can't seem to, um, you know, can't see, doesn't see the transformation in their own life. Just kind of any mm-hmm. final thoughts that you might have or prayer that you would have for them? I would say, first of all, I think about Philippians 4, 8, mm-hmm. that if we did that naturally, dwell on what is good and pure oh, and lovely, right mm-hmm. that we wouldn't need to be told that. And so it's like, you're not alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have 80% of our thoughts are negative and 95% of those are on repeat. And so it is a battle. It is. That's why, you know, in Corinthians, what is it? Corinthians 2, 10. Yeah. Uh, take every thought captive. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that's hyperbole, but no, take thoughts captive mm-hmm. and particularly these 80%. Yeah. And the 95% of those 80 are on, on repeat. So Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. what is a negative repeater for me. Yeah, it's good. Because I want to turn that into what you say. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the negative thought is not of him, not toward others or toward ourselves. And so would you, I want to be the first thing we have to be aware of what those thoughts are. Mm -hmm. And then ask him to change that to what is true. I mean, we have the Holy Spirit. We have our, our, our guide that grabs us by the hand. He is our truth teller. Yes. He is our guide. He will show us. Yeah. And so we can trust in that. Okay. Holy Spirit. I don't need to even be afraid Mm -hmm. of these 80% negative thoughts. And that 95 are on repeat because you're going to just put your finger right on that. Go, this is what I'm going to work on today. And that's back to your first comment, Rachel. And on when did I get that transformation? Again, it's the Holy Spirit that will reveal. Mm. And so we can rest in that and know that we're not alone with these negative thoughts. Right. Right. That that's normal, but the Holy Spirit will begin to pinpoint it and change it 
but it does come back to being willing and aware and whatever that process is, finding a friend to talk it out with yeah. or a counselor, like you're saying, Rachel, or Karen's more process is more, more internal, but doing the process so that you can allow the Holy Spirit yeah. Mm-hmm. Be still and quiet enough to let him whisper. Mm-hmm. I like that word. Be still. <laughs> Cheryl. You've heard of that, right? I have. I love you. You are so, I just feel at rest when I talk I to know. you. And I just, oh, we bless God. you. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. thank you for making us aware. I mean, truly. I'm yeah. like, golly. Okay. This is great. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for joining us. You're we love so you. You're so welcome. Love you. love you too. Bye, girls. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the There's More podcast. Check out the show notes. We've got a 14-day spiritual warfare course that you can take, as well as the code if you'd like to join us in the Father's House Bible study. Thanks so much for listening.